Um, let's just start with prayer. Father, I just thank you that we can be here. And Father, I pray that we're going to continue to meet together no matter what happens in this world. Father, we know that there are things and laws that are being passed, uh, Father, that could restrict the church. But I pray as the church, we're going to continue meeting, meeting together no matter what the cost is. Uh, Father, thank you for those churches uh, across the world, Lord, that uh, are facing high persecution. And they're a great example of what the church is to be and what it is to look like. And I just pray, Father, that no matter what, we are going to be the church you've called us to be. In your name, amen. So I was just looking at some stats uh, this week. Uh, this probably could be updated. So this, was, this stat was in 2017. Uh, but the NCLS had recorded uh, church attendance. And what I have found over the last 40 years, church attendance in Australia had gone from 36% of the population to 2017. So that was 40 years ago. 2017, 15% currently. Now, I think this has kind of got churches a bit worried and starting to think about, you know, how do we do church and differently. And, and the great thing about the movement we're in, um, the ACC or AAG, uh, we are growing. We're not declining. Uh, we're actually the fastest growing uh, denomination in, in this country. But uh, what has happened, though, I think it's, it's kind of uh, people are starting to think, oh, no, like the church is dying. I've got to do something about it. And so what we see is we see people trying to, I don't know, change things, make it more attractional uh, so the world would notice. And so I was, I was listening to some stories uh, that's happening in the US, and obviously the US have some crazy stories at times. So, And one of the stories, uh, there's a, I'll share three stories that I heard about churches trying to be attractional. Uh, one of the stories which I thought was hilarious, uh, one of the guys decided that he was going to do uh, a bull riding, get people to come to his bull riding and he was the pastor and he'd get on the bull, ride it, get off and then preach a message. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, then, and then uh, another one I heard was like a men's, men's ministry, they decided they wanted to do MMA. Uh, so they fall on fight, like, and then they're inviting, and then they'll share the gospel after. And I just think this is what we're trying to come to. I think a lot of people are trying to think. Um, there's, there's a great podcast I've been listening to. Um, Mark Sayer, it's Rach actually got me onto it, which I think someone else, but Mark Sayer and John Paul talking about post-Christian um, culture. And yeah, Mark Sayers even talks about how he got caught in that trap of trying to be attractional and trying to be like the world. So he did a pub church and he actually, he, I kid you not, he said that he lost more people to the world than he gained for Christ. And I think this is what's happening sometimes. The church is trying to be too attractional. They're trying to be too much like the world. There's another funny story that I listened to and I thought this is, this is hilarious and it was about this guy, he, he took over this church, his church was dying, it was on its last legs and he decided he'd come in and you know, his, his role was to, to change the culture in this church and so he was looking at everything, he was talking to people, you know, he looked at music, um, he was looking at the kids program, everything to change this culture, this negativity that was happening in this church, Anything, any, everything he did just wouldn't work and so he got up on the Sunday 
And he said, the church has officially died. He said, I want you to come uh, to this funeral next week. And so, kid you not, he does a funeral the next Sunday. And the word gets out amongst the town. And everyone rocks up and it's full on like... It packs the, the whole church building and people were standing outside because they were curious to see what he was going to do. And then what he'd done, he had a casket, he had flowers. I know this is strange. That's why I said it's funny. And, and then what he did, he did a eulogy. And then he, he said, I want you to pay your respects. And so he had an open casket at one end. It was facing towards the stage and he encouraged everyone to get up and pay your respects. And as they got up and paid their respects, guess what was in the casket? A mirror. Now, I, I can't tell you if that church, what happened after that, I don't know. The story kind of finished there. And do you know why I believe that the church is declining? It's because of the people. They've lost their passion. They've lost what, who Christ is really is. Uh, and yes, can I say, sometimes it's to do with leadership. But often I think we point the fingers at leadership too much. And I know there are some churches that, you know, leadership has, you know, restricted the movement of God. I know that. But it takes all of us. And, yeah, I, I, just, I just think we've got to get away from this idea that we are to build the church. We're not. God builds His church. And so... You know, it's something that we're passionate about at Divergent. Um, and this is something that all churches should be passionate about, not just Divergent. You know, we, our series that we're doing is called The Divergent Life. This is not something fancy that Divergent Church is doing. This is what all churches should be doing. And so our heart and our mission, this is our mission statement, which once again should be all churches' mission statement. Uh, our heart is that you guys are all in. You are all in, that you love God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and you love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Often people say, oh, the neighbor's everyone in the world. Do you know actually that word neighbor means the person in front of you? How are you loving the person in front of you every day as you walk through? The person that may say rude things to you. God is saying you need to love that neighbor. Um, and then we talked about so, you know, our heart as a church and you as believers that you are all in. Uh, then we talked about last week, disciples. I think Kieran preached about that. I also talked about disciples and how we've called as a church to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And, and you know, when you make disciples, you will always get the church. But when you make the church, you're not always going to get disciples. And so our heart is that we want to make disciples because when we make disciples, we'll see the church. And that's when the church will grow and that's when God will grow His church. Um, so that's our mission. And that's, again, that is a Jesus command. That is for all churches. That should be the heart of all churches that we see disciples, uh, which disciples just truly means a follower of Christ. Today I want to talk about the great devotion, the great example and so if you want to turn to me with Acts 2, 42 to 47. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now I just want to hold here before I go into it. 
devoted means fully immersed. And it wasn't just a one-off devotion. In other uh, translations, it talks about continually steadfast. It was a continue. They were fully immersed. They were passionate. They were devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so here we see a great example of what the church should look like. That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? Are we there? Probably not. But that's something that we should be working towards as the church. To be honest, there's probably not many churches I would know are like this. And sometimes I think churches read this, you know, they think, oh, we've got to get away from the world. We're going to put ourselves in, into the woods and, you know, we don't, want to, we don't want the world to affect. That's not what this church was. They were in the world. But they were being who God had called them to be. And, and so there's some key things in here that I believe is what made this church be this church. And just to give you a bit of context as well, before we get there, um, Peter is the one that was obviously just shared the message. And in Acts 2.40, just a couple of verses before he says this, it says, oh, it says this in Acts, he says, With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that daily. So he talked about repenting and talking about, you know, what is the gospel message about Jesus. And then he says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And the reason why I just want to point that out, because that's where it starts, the church. We aren't called to fit in with the world. We are called to stand out. We are called to be set apart. That's what holiness means as a church. We are set apart and people will notice us. Not because of our pretty lights, awesome music, even though, you know, Pete did a great job leading music with the bands. It's not about the message. It's because of you. Because of the light that God is shining through your life. You are the great example. You are the one that's going to take God's light. You are the church. And it's we're going to stand out. That's, and then this is what blows my mind, that the church have compromised on the Word because they want to fit in. They have changed things and go, you know what? This is too hard for the world. It's okay. We're going to accept it. We'll let them in. We won't tell them how to live. And so they're trying to fit in as a church. But Jesus has pretty clear in Scripture on what He sees the church to be. And I believe that these four things, if we are devoted to these things, I believe this is the church we can be. The, the church that we see here, the great example. And so what are the four things? And it's in this, and it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
Now, what does that mean? Now, if you were here last week, we talked about the Great Commission. And one of the things that Jesus says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded. So when they say that they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, they actually are talking about the teaching of Jesus' commands. <laughs> See, these guys wouldn't have been everywhere that these disciples had been, these apostles. They've been walking with Jesus. They, you know, they heard every command that Jesus had. And so their role was to tell the people how to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, there are some in the church that want to be followers of Jesus without following. It doesn't make any sense. And so what I love is this, this church, they devote to every command. And I can just imagine just pitching it, apostles getting up and saying, Jesus said this. And they're like, wow, we're going to do this. Let's do it. I can just see this passion going, can you imagine? Jesus just rose again. He died on a cross. He rose again. You know, it's like, wow, how awesome is this? And then they've got the tongues, you know, they're, they're praying in tongues, seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They're just, this is just, they're on fire. They would be soaking in every word that the apostles were teaching. They would have been going, man, if Jesus say that, let's do it. Let's go. What are we waiting for? That's what I see when I see this early church. Yet I think we've come to this idea and we make excuses for ourselves. I, I even shared this last week. If you want to, Read something where Jesus talks back to those that make excuses. Read Luke 9. It's quite confronting. And I think often that's where we're like, oh, I'm just too busy. I can't do it. It's too hard. I've got too much, too much things to do. Oh, yeah, I know Jesus said that, but it's not my calling. No, these guys literally took every command of Jesus seriously. And you know what? It was hard. It wasn't everything easy. I'm not sitting here saying that but they took it, and I, I think the reason why we struggle with this, I think it's that the world has kind of crept in. I think the world has told us that freedom, the word freedom, I think we've got the wrong definition about freedom. Freedom in this world, we believe that is, is an absence of restrictions. It's no restrictions. If I have no restrictions, that means I'm free. And then people think, oh, Christianity is all about the rules. It's all about the rules. You know, I hear it all the time, you know, you guys have got to do all these, these things. And I love Kathy actually shared, I heard her before because she's preaching the same message. And I'm like, man, I'm going to grab Kathy's message and bring it here to City PM. Uh, that's how we work together as the, the body. Um, and so she shared of uh, fish. You know, she's got some goldfish at home, her pets. And, you know, they're in water. And a lot of us would think... You know, man, they just got to be free. Let the fish go. Get them out of the water so they can go down to Macca's and eat what they want. The problem is, when the fish goes out of the water, what happens? They die. <laughs> they can't live. But you'd be like, oh, well, they've got gills and that's what they're made for. What if I told you what God made you for? What was your purpose? He made you to be holy. His purpose was that you were perfect, that you were a son and daughter of Him. And by going outside of what He has made us for, it brings death. Because that's not what we're made for. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And so Jesus gives these commands for us because that's what's going to bring freedom. That's what brings life. 
That's what brings joy. Like the fish. He is, he is swimming in what He is made for. We are made for God. We are sons and daughters of Him. That was our true purpose. Adam and Eve and Garden of Eden and then sin crept in. And so I just see this church just devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to Jesus' commands. And so the question is, are you devoted to Jesus' commands? Do you have that heart to go, you know what, I'm going to do it. I know it's hard. And you know what I love? They don't do it by themselves. They do it together. We're never meant to do it together by ourselves. We're to to do it together. The second thing was they were devoted to doing life together. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Um... Every day they continued, and this is what verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Now, once again, I don't want you to read this and think that, okay, so that just means I just hang out with believers all the time. No. That's, that's not what it's saying. Also, you've got to have understand context as well. These 3,000 new believers had come from outside of Jerusalem. They were there for the Passover. And so they, had, they decided they wanted to stay. And so they were going to feed these guys, house them. They're all staying. So they were going to be hanging out every day. They've left their jobs to come and spend every day. So does that mean we need to spend every day? No. Maybe. No. But what you see here is they were devoted to meeting with each other. Why would we devote to meeting with each other? Because that's where we can be the church. That's where we can encourage each other. That's where we can hear, listen to each other and walk with each other and get to know each other. And, you know, we see that Jesus, you know, he talks about family. I know some of us have family that we're so close with. And, you know, if your family said we're doing dinner, no question, you'd be there. For those that have a great family, you'd be there every time. And Jesus actually says, uh, you know, they said, hey, Jesus, your mother and brother are outside waiting for you. And most of us might know this, but Jesus responds and says, no, those that do the will of God are my true brothers and sisters and and mother, the ones in front of him. Do you see the church as your brothers and sisters? Are you willing to devote to each other? That's why we talk about LifeCom every week. And some of you are probably getting sick of it. Maybe it's time to go. Because life, we truly believe, is where you're going to do life with each other, walk with each other, encourage each other, prophesy over each other. Man, I've just seen people being changed, you know, when they've been walking with others. Because church, you know, is is about walking with each other. And I, I, I think we need to change this idea about I go out into the world, preach, and then come back to the church and tell everyone. We as a church go out into the world together, and reach people. You know, Jesus actually never went by himself. He was, when he went into homes and he went into scarce homes, he went with the disciples. I want to encourage you, for those that have non-Christian friends, stop separating and putting a wall between your Christian friends and non-Christian friends. Start bringing them together. Start bringing and showing that, you know, and this is, this is where I see the beauty of the church, that we are called to go and make disciples together. 
And I can tell you now that people will see, you know, how passionate you are about God. But when they see five or six or seven or eight or ten more people passionate about God like you are, they're going to start to question and go, maybe there's something about this God. Maybe there's something about this God. So are you devoted to meeting together? They devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, I think the breaking of bread and being devoted to meeting together kind of come hand in hand. And so what they're talking about here is communion. And I love that they were sharing communion with each other every day, breaking the bread, having the wine like we just did before. And the reason I love this is because they just, they just, you know, it wasn't long ago when Jesus actually had died on the cross and then he rose again and they had the, and so they was continuing to do it all the time. It was fresh in their minds. They knew what, what happened with Jesus, but they wanted to make sure that they remember what Jesus had done. And so to give a bit of context as well, so the Jews would often celebrate the Passover, even though that many, many, many years before, uh, and, and the Passover was about Egypt when they were freed from slavery. You know, when Moses led them out of Egypt, and so that's why they celebrate the Passover. And then Jesus has the Last Supper on the Passover, and that's what it was supposed to represent, that Jesus was freeing us from slavery of sin. And so what they're doing, they're going, wow. And I just can imagine them again, the church, just going, man, how look at this. Like all these people were slaves to sin, and Jesus has set them free. Do you get excited when people are set free from sin? I do. Man, I just heard, just come from our gathering, uh, we had one of our guys share his testimony, and man, he had an amazing, like crazy testimony. Like he was, he was living the life in the world, and he, he was honest. He said, I was a slave to sin, and then he found Jesus. I celebrate when I hear those stories. You should celebrate, and that's when we come back to, and that's the humility. We come back and go, who's doing this work? Jesus is, not me. You know, even though I walked with this guy, led, led, him, led him to Christ, Jesus was the one that did it, not me. And so I celebrate Jesus and what he's doing. And that's why I have communion, because there is nothing better than God. There is nothing better. We need to be reminded every day of what God is doing. We need to be reminded of how, how God has set us free from sin. That is worth celebrating, isn't it? And the last thing they did, they devoted to prayer. They devoted to prayer together. Now, as a church, we don't need more prayer meetings. We need more meetings with prayer. You know, your small groups that you have during the week, we need to be praying together. It shouldn't be the last thing on our minds. Oh, I've got to pray. This should be something that we want to do. You know, I just see these guys that are just devoted to prayer. And I'm sure they weren't just devoted just when they came together. They were devoted in the morning when they got up. Why? Because Jesus was devoted. Jesus was devoted to prayer. And so they would have seen this, and this is something that would have just been normal for them to be always praying. And prayer is powerful. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You know, one of the guys even said last week, 
He said, I just, I just don't want to pray because every time I pray, something happens. Every time I pray to talk to someone about God, it happens. And I just, I'm scared of always talking about God because I just don't feel like I'm equipped. Every time we pray, I'm, I can tell you God is going to move. This week, I was just, I had a confrontation with someone at my workplace. And we've had a bit of, you know, it's been a history there. And so what I decided to do, I was getting angry and I was getting annoyed. And I thought, hang on, I've got to pray. I need to pray for this person. This person's, can I say he's been in the military for 40 years. He doesn't give you much. He tells you how it is. tells you the truth. And I decided just to pray for this guy. Can I tell you, Thursday night, we had to confront each other. And it was just awesome. I just felt like the power of the Holy Spirit was working in this, this conversation. And then on Saturday night, I um, was hanging out with some of the, with the guys. And he was there. And I decided, you know what, I, don't, I need to get to know this guy's story. I know he's closed off, but I reckon I just want to, I want to ask him. Tell, and he just started to open up. I just couldn't believe it. Can I tell you, this is like a miracle. This guy does not give you much. And he just started sharing the things in his heart. He started to share the, the things that he's been through. And, you know, he's still in a closed off way. But to, to me, just to share was just amazing. And then he started asking me about God and church. And I was just like, why don't I pray more often? Why aren't I spending more time in prayer for these opportunities? And I can just see these, this early church just devoted to prayer. When things were struggling, they would pray for each other. When someone was going through a hardship, they would pray for each other. And they didn't just pray for the hard things. They were praying for the celebrations. They were giving God glory and adoration going, God, you are awesome. And so I truly believe when we have these four things, we devote to the commands of Jesus. We devote to gathering together because I truly believe that's where we're going to grow in our faith, when we can come together and sharpen each other and walk with each other and pray. When we devote to the breaking of bread, remembering where we come from, set free, remembering what Jesus done on the cross, when we devote to prayer, I truly believe this is what will happen. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Man, can you imagine that? All of us having everything in common. You know, the enemy does everything he can to, to divide the church. He'll get you thinking, oh, their leader said this, and you get bitter about it, and then he tries to divide, and then he, he, this is what he tries to do. He doesn't want the church to be unified. He doesn't want the church to have everything in common, working together. And so he'll do everything he can to make us bitter, unforgiveness, negative. And when he does that, he's won. But we... If we have Christ at the center, we can forgive because Christ forgives. I'm sure I've said something to you that's probably hurt you. And I honestly am sorry. I don't mean it. That's my flesh. But let's not get caught and dwell on the things that people say to you. Confront it. Talk to each other. Aren't we all on the same mission? 
We should be unified because when we are unified, people see that. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Do you see your money as church, the church's money, the God's money? Do you, you know, when you, and I think this is, it's hard for some people to see that. Like if someone in this church was in need, as we see here, they were in need, are you willing to give up for them to help them through the week? If someone didn't have food during the week, would you be willing to give some of your money to that person? Because that's what I see here. Scripture's pretty clear that your money's God's money. We did a whole series on it. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. I love that, you know, they were Jews and they would still try and meet in the temple courts. It's only because the Jews kicked them out that they weren't allowed in there anymore. But they didn't want to leave the Jewish. They wanted to bring Christ into their, their, their sphere. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Man, are we eating bread with glad and sincere hearts? Are we just, we have this joy inside of us? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Man, I love, you know, I love having conversations around dinner and just talking about what God is doing through people's lives. Man, I was sitting down with one of our leaders uh, the other week and we honestly were just talking about what God has been doing through your lives and the people in our church. It was awesome. I just felt just the power of the Holy Spirit on part of us and we we're just talking about the good things that God is doing. It's a great place to be. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. You know, I don't see anything here saying this is how you build the church. All I see is them being devoted. Devoted to Jesus. Devoted to each other. Devoted to prayer. And from that, people will come in. Why? It's because of you. What God is doing in your life. See, we are to set apart because people are looking. They're looking for a way out. They're so stuck where they are. They don't know why they work, do their job every day. What am I working towards? What is my purpose? And I believe we as Christians have that answer, what the purpose of life is. And what I see here is that this is just not normal for a community, what they are doing. And people want to be part of that. Imagine being part of a community where each other just help each other, give money when there needs to be money given, you know, serving each other, coming around food all the time, you know, just celebrating, enjoying the favor of all people, you know, celebrating when people get a promotion or uh, when people decided to, you know, share the gospel with someone. How awesome is that as a church. I mean, it excites me just thinking about doing that. We already are. Some of us already are, but we are not quite there. And so I want to encourage you, what are you devoting to? If it's not these things, most likely you're devoting to the world. And then we wonder why I feel negative, why I feel this, I feel distant from people. I want to encourage you that there is true freedom in Christ. I want to encourage you that we as Christians and what we see here, we should see a passion for Jesus. And I understand that some of us are going through some hard things. I understand that some of us have some 
you know, mental health, and it's hard in the walk, but please don't do it alone. How awesome is it we have the whole church praying for you, walking with you, loving you, serving you. And it's not just on a one-off. It's every day. That's what the church is. The church is not about the Sunday. It's about what you're doing through the week. That's being the church. And if you want to see people come to Christ, it's through what you guys are doing. How you love people. How you serve. How you care. How you pray. That's what's going to bring people in. That's what's going to add to that number daily. It's because of what you guys are doing throughout the week when you're spending time with God. And so I want to encourage you that this is our heart as a church, Divergent. That's our heart. We want to be like this. We want to be the great example that people turn to us and they see the power of God. That's the attraction we should be striving for, the power of God. Not trying to fit in the world, that we stand out from the world, that they see something supernatural about this community. They see, go, man, what? They love their enemies? They serve their enemies? Man, what's going on? That just blows my mind. That's the church that we want to be. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this community. I thank you for the things that people are already doing. Lord, they're going out in the week, they're sharing the gospel, they're showing the great example that we are called to be. And I just pray, Father, that we are the church. That's something that, you know, we're not going to strive towards being that church. We're going to just strive towards you. Father, you are the goal. And I just pray, Father, that we are a church that is all in. I'm, I'm sick of fighting with the world and trying to fit in with the world and you. Father, I just want to be all in with you. Devoted to you. And I pray, Father, that that's... I just pray that we can just let go of the things that are holding us back. I pray that you help those in our community that are just... It's just hard, I know, but I just pray you're going to help them let go of the things they're holding on to so that we can be the church that you have called us to be, to be a light, a city on a hill that stands out, that people notice, that people want. I pray that we are that church. In your name, amen.